is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mister New York, Mark Simone on WOR. Hey, uh, there we go. We got a lot to talk about today. We got a big uh, show. Only one hour today. The uh, Mets uh, are playing early today, so that stuff starts at uh, eleven o'clock. But we got a lot to get to in the meantime. We get to Donald Trump, North Korea. We'll get to uh, Glenn Campbell. We'll take a look back at him. Sinead O'Connor developments in the story. Uh, Taylor Swift. Did he grab her? Uh, uh, we'll get to uh, John Stewart fighting in a uh, comedy club. We'll get to. Uh, Mayor de Blasio, was he napping? Wasn't he napping? We'll get to uh, your password. There's a new way to make the perfect password. It's not all the symbols and letters and all that stuff. Is retail making a little comeback? That was sort of reported, but we'll uh, take a look at all of that. So yesterday, North Korea, (laughs) uh, remember Donald Trump made this statement? North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met. With fire and fury, like the world has never... Well, you heard that statement. So right away, I'm watching CNN, uh, MSNBC, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, nonstop attacking him. That you shouldn't have said this word. That word's wrong. What's wrong with him? He's an idiot. He doesn't know how to handle it. Criticizing him over and over. And it means I ask any expert, uh, any government expert, no, that was fine. That was perfect. Yeah, he did the right thing. But uh, the CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, nonstop criticism. Did you notice they never they, they first get so busy with trashing him, they forgot to criticize Kim Jong-un. <laughs> they never mentioned <laughs> He didn't come under any attack from anybody. There's no problem with him. It's Trump they were mad at. No problem with Kim Jong-un. They were fine. They never even uh, mentioned it. And then the uh, same thing with Stephen Colbert. I don't know. Should you even be joking about this at this point? This is like talk of nuclear stuff. But there's Colbert joking about it. Joke after joke after joke about Trump. Forgot to make a joke about Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Forgot to mention the guy. <laughs> so any excuse to go after Trump. So the, um, the threat is, uh, well, North Korea has miniaturized a nuclear warhead, which means they could put it on a missile the immediate threat that's been hinted at is Guam. Uh, the only problem is about 160,000 people on Guam, and we have 12,000 uh, servicemen and women there. So that's the problem. Listen, I don't think anything else. Obviously, you can be Kim Jong-un. You can be stupid, crazy, nuts. You can be all those things. But you'd still have enough common sense left to know that if you did anything like that, it'd be an excuse for the U.S. to come in and wipe out every military, everything you have Take out every weapon, plane, air base, everything. I'm sure uh, every specific target, everything has already been drawn up. And the good thing about uh, Trump, uh, President Trump, you remember in Syria, after that chemical attack, he did send those missiles and he did take out an airfield and he did take out some planes. So he's made it clear he can pull the trigger when he needs to. So if you're North Korea, I mean, you got to calculate that. Obviously, the U.S. would love to wipe out every military installation base, everything you got, with bombs, with missiles. With, so if you did anything, it would just be, uh, just be an excuse to do that. 
Now, you know, John McCain hates Donald Trump, hates Donald Trump, can't stand Donald Trump. So he couldn't wait for an excuse to jump all over. I take exception to the president's comments because now um, it doesn't matter what the exception is, because anytime Trump opens his mouth, we could just play this. I take exception to the president's comments. He hates him and his son, Lindsey Graham. Not too crazy about Donald Trump either. Anyway, oh, Michael Goodwin, by the way, will be with us later. We'll get to North Korea with him. Uh, Mayor de Blasio, is he napping in the office? Listen, there's a lot of complaints about Mayor de Blasio. A lot of things people don't like about Mayor de Blasio. But it comes out yesterday that he's napping, that he's taking naps right in the office. You know, he doesn't show up till afternoon. He goes to the gym. He goes and hangs out at some cafe, shows up in the afternoon, then takes a nap. Well, uh, on Fox, Rosanna Scotto, our friend Rosanna, got an exclusive interview with him. She asked him about it. I'm sure that you want to probably just put this to rest. Big article today about you taking a nap after ridiculous. the gym. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Is, is that true? Do you take a nap no, after the gym? No, ridiculous. And by the way... Maybe you're meditating. Uh, no, I don't have a chance to meditate. <laughs> is there a couch that you like that you like to put the newspaper There's, over your head? No. Yeah, he denies it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Can you picture him being lazy? I can't picture that. So everybody in the office confirms it. Everybody. Dozens and dozens and dozens of people uh, all saying he not only takes the nap, he announces it. He'll come out and say, nobody bother me for 40 minutes. I'm taking a nap. Now, why would they uh, rat on him? Well, you see that other thing in the paper today? Apparently he uh, sends these nasty emails. How many times do I have to tell you people? And uh, but if you read the emails, he's not wrong. It sounds like they keep screwing up everything they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to write out the speeches phonetically, which a lot of people do. It makes it easier to pronounce everything. You, you know, you're up on stage. You don't want to make a mistake. And they don't do the phonetics the way they're supposed to. But he keeps sending these emails, and you can read them. They've been released. What the hell's wrong with you, people? How many times do I have to tell you? This is the hundredth time I've told you. Well, if it's the hundredth time... Maybe then maybe he hasn't got the right people working there. Maybe he's hired a bunch of idiots. Now, that's the problem when you get one of these kind of administrations where it's donors, favors, lobbyists. You know, everybody gets a job. They're not all hired because they're the sharpest people on earth. Sometimes uh, you got a staff of idiots. You, you might say, well, why don't you just get new people? Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're all favors to somebody. But doesn't nap. Doesn't nap. And he went after the New York Post again. I've spoken many times about the problem in the New York Post, and they just make things up, and they're a right-wing propaganda operation, and here they go again. You know, nameless sources, which is always a giveaway. It's ridiculous. It's sad. It's sad how much they want to focus on everything negative, even when it's not true. That's what they do. I'm ignoring it because it's not true. Well, he's right. You know, that's why I read the New York Times. Never anonymous sources. They never make anything up. And when it comes to President Trump, they never focus on the negative. They're always very even-handed. But, uh, listen, uh, it did say, you know, they missed a big point of the story. They said when he, this is unbelievable, when he takes a nap, he puts a newspaper over his head. That's like an old, uh, like uh, Ricky Ricardo, Fred Mertz sleeping on the couch kind of thing. Put the newspaper over your head. But nobody asked, what paper is it? You would think... New York Post, tabloid, you open it up, fits right over your head. New York Times, too uh, cumbersome to get over your head. I don't know if that works. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, oh, she ends up, uh, now, I don't understand what happened. Is it that she ran out, she just went broke, Sinead O'Connor, or just mentally ill? I think she has plenty of money, but just went nuts. They say she went nuts, but did you watch her on Saturday Night Live? 
Uh, what do you mean went nuts? I think <laughs> I think she was already there. I mean, she always, always was a total whack job. But uh, she ends up living in this motel. Where's the hotel? The Travel Lodge in South Hackensack. It's $95 a night. Any of you guys ever been there? Oh, look, everybody looks the other way. Oh, I don't know that place. The Travel Lodge, South Hackensack. Isn't she living in Ireland or something? How did she end up in South Hackensack? People in New York can't even find South Hackensack. But she ends up living in this uh, motel there. She's got an SUV parked outside. The story came out, you know, the last few days about how she was uh, mentally ill. The video came out. Of course, she's in this hotel. Apparently, the Hackensack police got millions of phone calls from fans. Well, they're her fans, so let's say dozens, not millions. Dozens of phone calls. Please go check on her. Please go see if she's all right. I guess they did. Well, somehow, with all the publicity, a lot of people came and helped out. Even uh, singer Annie Lennox jumped in. And uh, she does have some family. She has uh, an attorney, Michael Wilds, uh, a longtime friend. And so they've now gotten her to wherever they took her. And they put on her Facebook page, don't worry, she's all right. She's being cared for. See, the story has a happy ending. There you go. Hey, um, oh, this is important stuff, so we'll get to this right away. Passwords, very important. Passwords. Now, you remember, you were always told by the password experts that your password, first of all, not a common word, try to find an unusual word, and put in capitals, small letters, put in symbols, put in numbers. You know, that's what you're supposed to do, like a number four, a dollar sign. That was the most important thing. Lots of symbols, lots of numbers, capitals, small letters. The same password experts are now saying they were wrong. That's not the most secure password. For instance, they print this password. It's uh, Troubadour, but spelled with a four, uh, a zero, a plus sign, a three. So they said that would take three days to crack. What you're supposed to do now is get four words that don't go together, but somehow you would remember them, and put them together as one word. Four words together as one word. Now they give an example. Correct horse battery staple. Okay, you're laughing. Correct horse battery staple. It's four words that don't go together. All is one word. Uh, the other password, three days to crack, it said, according to these experts, this one would take 550 years to crack. Now, I don't know how that's possible. How many letters in the alphabet? It's like 26 letters, right? So times uh, 20 or something. I don't know. You would think the combinations, could, the computer could do that very fast. But security experts say those calculations are on track. So the most secure password, four words that don't really go together as one word, that's the best password. So I'm, I'm just securing your, com- your computer for you. That's uh, the most important. So uh, switch to that immediately. And they say changing your password every six months, every three months means nothing. doesn't mean a thing. You got a good password, just keep it. Hey, uh, our old buddy Glenn Campbell uh, passed away. You know, he had uh, Alzheimer's the last few years. He was in pretty bad shape for a while, Alzheimer's-wise. And he lived a, a great life, but, uh, you know, he was uh, quite the partier and uh, a lot of uh, alcohol and lots of stuff. So uh, that doesn't help. But uh, what a career he had. Glenn Campbell, somebody handed him a guitar when he was four years old, and he was a genius on the guitar at four. At four years old, he was a genius. He was an amazing guitar player. He got out to Hollywood as a very, very young guy, and he was so good on the guitar the next thing you know, he ends up a studio musician, and he's playing in the 
biggest recording sessions. You know, if you listen to Strangers in the Night or uh, some of those Nat Cole records or all these, there's there's Glenn Campbell on guitar. He's just one of what they used to call the Wrecking Crew, the best studio musicians. And he played on some Beach Boys uh, records. And next thing you know, they take him on the road with him. They needed a replacement for Brian Wilson. He looked kind of like a Beach Boy. And uh, he was an amazing guitarist. He went on the road with them. And then uh, he had a minor hit or two. And uh, But then he, this big break was the TV show. Remember the Sunday night TV show, the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour? Became a major, major television star. And then uh, the lucky thing is he, he hooks up with Jimmy Webb, who had always wanted to write for him. And, uh, you know, the Beatles and all the Stones, there was all this English stuff. There was very international sort of music. And then uh, Glenn Campbell and Jimmy Webb started writing the most American music. I mean, it was so middle American. Songs about uh, the middle of the country. By the time I get to Phoenix, Galveston, Wichita linemen. And uh, this is a while back. I asked Glenn Campbell about those type of songs because he sang them with such feeling. He understood those songs. Well, listen to this. Now, let me ask you a better question. For years, all the great songs about cities, you know, it was London by Night, April in Paris. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's about Galveston and, and Wichita. Right. A- and it was phenomenal. But how, how did that all happen? That all of a sudden, we're singing about these smaller American cities. I heard, uh, uh, I saw, by the time I get to Phoenix, on the studio wall, it was by Johnny Rivers. It was a single that he had cut it. You know, they'd hang the records up that had been recorded in the studio. Yeah. It wasn't a big hit but with, by Rivers. But it, it was on one of his, it, I just... For some reason, I said, I don't know if it was the bird coming out of the, you know, the phoenix bird coming out of the fire or whatever. Yeah. But it surely won under me. I was, I got so homesick. I got in my car and drove back to Arkansas from L.A. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I and I cried when I heard the song because I was just flat homesick. Huh. And I said, any song can do that, especially with Johnny Rivers singing it. I said, wow, that's that's powerful. Oh, that's interesting. So maybe when people heard, it'd be so romantic to hear about London or Paris, but it didn't tug at your heart like Phoenix would to some people. Right, exactly. By the time I make Albuquerque, I live in Albuquerque, you know, six, seven years before I come out to the coast. By the time I get to Phoenix... Well, we, we lost him uh, yesterday. That was, uh, was an amazing career. Uh, you know, he was suffering from Alzheimer's, but uh, Glenn Campbell, a great musician. Hey, coming up, we'll get to Michael Goodwin. He'll be with us. We'll take some calls in a minute. 800-321-0710 is the number. Is uh, retail making a little comeback? We'll get to that. And, uh, hey, check out the webpage. There's some really good stuff up there. Uh, if you don't believe Glenn Campbell was maybe the greatest guitarist ever in history... Watch this video. We have one video. It's just him on the guitar doing something pretty amazing on it. And then uh, the, the other great song was Wichita Lineman. Watch this up on the uh, webpage. We have maybe the best performance ever. He's doing it with a symphony orchestra, playing the arrangement so beautifully. Now watch the, uh, the emotion he sings it with and the guitar solo he does in the middle. So we've got that up on the webpage. Hey, and here's an amazing video. This is Donald Trump. He's on Meet the Press with Tim Russert. This is 25 years ago, more than 25 years ago. He's on Meet the Press, and Tim Russert asks him what to do about North Korea. Listen to Trump explain North Korea 25 years ago. He was way ahead of his time, and boy, did he call it. So we got that up there. Uh, 
It's all at the webpage. Go to 710WOR.com, then go over to the Mark Simone page. Or you can just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710WOR.com slash Hey, we'll take some calls. 800-321-0710 is the number. Let's go to Mike in Oceanport. Hey, Mike. You're taking my call. I just want to talk about Korea for a second. Go ahead. I was in the army, and uh, I went in the army in 1965. Were you on uh, our side? Uh, yeah, of course okay, I was. Good. All right, the old sergeants that we had had all been in World War II in Korea. They used to tell us that the next war would be in Korea, not thinking about Vietnam. And they also used to say that there was nothing more sadistic or ferocious than a Korean. I think we need to keep in mind. Well, you go into some of those nail salons. Yes, you can see that. All right, but we've got to keep in mind that this guy that's running the show in North Korea is a total madman. Every president since Ronald Reagan up to now has kowtowed to him. Can you imagine if Obama was president right now? He'd be over there bowing to this guy. Well, that's a good point. You know, a lot of people say when they hear Donald Trump speak uh, to North Korea, they say, what happened to, well, if only we had Obama and his great diplom- diplomatic ways and his diplomacy. Yeah, that's how we got in this mess. Hey, if you go back a couple days on the webpage, we have that video from, uh, I think it's 1997, where Bill Clinton announces his North Korea agreement. He settled the whole problem. Uh, it's an amazing speech. Bill Clinton, president at the time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So this is it. We've got checks and bounds inspections. They'll never, not only will there be no more nuclear program, but never again will they be able to restart a nuclear program. This is Bill Clinton's agreement. You're right. Imagine if Obama was still, imagine John Kerry on his bicycle trying to negotiate this North Korea agreement. You'd get another one of those Iran agreements. Here, we'll sign it, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, you inspect and uh, let us know what you find. <laughs> Let's go to Steve in Jersey City. Hey, Steve. Hey, Mark. Good morning. I wanted to just chime in a little about... Um, Sorry for the way he sounds, but he's a musician, and he just woke up, probably. Uh, yeah, I actually did about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn, you know, uh, uh, besides the Jimmy Webb stuff was great, but you got to hear... The guitar solo he does on Valerie by the Monkees, it's the cleanest, fastest guitar solo known to mankind. And there's a great unknown tune. Um, it's, it's, uh, among fans, they love it. It's called Like Dreams of the Ordinary Housewife. Oh, that's a great gorgeous song, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous tune. The guy was just so brilliant. I mean, I, I guess everybody knew his days were numbered, but it's just, when he goes, it's really sad, you know what I mean? All right, but did you go um, on the webpage and look at the stuff I put up? No, no, um, no. Well, if you ever happen to get out of bed, maybe about 2, 3 this afternoon, uh, go to the webpage. You want to see an amazing piece of guitar work, and it was like one of the high points of his concerts. He would play the William Tell Overture on the guitar. That's right. I was, I've seen that. That's incredible. That's, it's just, it's, he's just unreal. Yeah, we have it up on the webpage. Go take a look at it. You want, if you want proof he's the greatest guitarist ever, watch that and watch the whole thing, because there's quite the surprise ending on it. That last trip. Yeah, a and by looking at him, you'd never know. But you're like, yeah, he's just like an ordinary-looking guy, and then you pick up a guitar, he's a monster. Well, look at you. You'd never think uh, anything, right? 
<laughs> Goodbye, Mark. Thank you. Right. Thanks for calling. That's our old friend Steve. Let's go to uh, uh, Arturo. Uh, we're in uh, Connecticut. Hey, Arturo. Are you there? Oh, we lost him. Hey, oh, I, I wanted to mention this. Um, guess who's coming back to television? David Letterman is returning to TV. Remember? Uh, see, remember he said he's retiring. That's it. He's not coming back. Netflix has made him a great deal. Six episode series that will premiere in 2018. You know what? Actually, that's not such a great deal. If you're David Letterman, 30 years on the air, you'd think they'd offer you more than that. They guarantee you 12 or 20 episodes. They only uh, guarantee six. I'm sure there's something in the contract about you got to shave off that ridiculous-looking beard. just looks nuts with that thing on. Uh, but it's going to start in 2018. Well, you know, that sounds like a million years from now, but it's really, I hate to say it, it's only a few months from now. Uh, unlike The Late Show, these will be an hour long and uh, one guest each show. They'll be pre-recorded, and it'll be a long-form conversation with a singular guest uh, outside of the studio sometimes. Now, there's no guest list revealed. Now, the only problem with David Letterman is, uh, you, you know, the last couple of years he became this crazy alt-left, uh, super liberal, progressive on the air. And as soon as he started that, his ratings dropped in half. You know, the Jimmy Fallon uh, rule, don't be too far left or too far right. Either way, you lose half the audience. So he did, and that's uh, what killed it. Now, ever since he's gone off the air, he's become really outspoken, very far left-wing kind of guy. That happens sometimes. Cronkite had that same problem, very uh, neutral. But as soon as he was retired, he started uh, sounding really partisan. So that's the only problem Letterman will have. Now, you might say, well, what about Colbert? By being so left-wing and so angry left-wing, it shot his ratings up. Yeah, but a lot of people thinking that's not... uh, so that's not the great strategy for the long haul, that that's going to get you a good six months, and then that'll die down, and what do you have? That's one reason Fallon's been careful not to go that route, because long-term he'll probably be better off. Does anybody remember Barbara Cook? No, nobody's <laughs> She was such a fine singer, one of the great cabaret singers in New York, and she'd been a Broadway star, and uh, she died yesterday as well. Uh, they're dimming the lights tonight on Broadway in her honor at 745. You see, this is the problem. You have to die in the winter or the fall. If you die in the summer, when they dim these lights at 745, it's still light out. Nobody knows they dim the lights. Nobody can see it. Hey, uh, we're going to have a little shorter show today. The Mets are playing a very early game today, uh, and it'll be broadcast here. So all that starts at 11 o'clock. So it'll just be uh, one hour today, but then back to normal tomorrow. Uh, hey, you may have seen uh, all this news yesterday. You know, the retail industry is dying, dying, dying. And you saw all this news. Ralph Lauren reports a big, huge earnings this quarter, way up beyond expectations. Michael Kors. And then a lot of people running around thinking, well, that's it. The uh, retail industry is bouncing back. But if you really dig into these numbers, uh, Ralph Lauren had a good, better than expected quarter, but they're not good numbers. They're still, uh, retail is still dying. If you look into the numbers, they uh, still declined in sales, but it was less of a decline than expected. And that less of a decline wasn't due to in any increase in sales. It was due to managing the inventory better, cutting back on a lot of things, pulling out of certain department stores where they weren't doing well. 
and uh, stopping the sales and all of that. So it was all uh, just better management that managed the decline a little better. So uh, I didn't realize Ralph Lauren doesn't do that well in department stores. They're pulling out of 25 department stores now. Actually, 25% of all the department stores they're in. So the retail decline continues. Hey, coming up, Michael Goodwin will be with us next, one of our very favorite guests. He'll be here next on 710 WOR. Let's get to the latest news. Here's Jeff Mc... Well, one of the... Our most favorite guest, the brilliant columnist, I think the best columnist in America, Michael Goodwin. He's in the New York Post every Sunday and every Wednesday. Michael Goodwin, how you doing? Uh, good morning, Mark. Thank you. Hey, uh, North Korea, I think even the craziest sort of Kim Jong-un type knows if he does anything, uh, it's just an excuse for us to take out every military base, every military installation, everything he's got. Yes, and you know, Mark, the, the odd thing about this whole run-up here is that uh, he clearly, more than anything, it, it, everyone who knows or the country believes that all he really wants to do is maintain control of the country. He wants to keep it walled off from the world and have total control. And as repugnant as that is, um, I think America and certainly China uh, would accept that. I mean, that is that is sort of the price of peace that we're all willing to pay but the way he's behaving suggests that's not really his goal at this point, that he perhaps uh, he's paranoid or whatever, but seems to think that we're out to depose him, and therefore he's going to go out with a bang and kill as many people as he can before he's taken out. So he may be creating the very dynamic that he doesn't want out of, a, out of an irrational fear that, he has been targeted for assassination. So it's a very strange situation, and particularly for Korea, which is so close. I mean, tens of millions of people live within 30 or 40 miles of uh, his rockets and his missiles. So this is a, a really dicey moment. You think his real goal is he wants to just reunite the whole peninsula, that he wants South Korea, and if he gets enough leverage, somehow it'll be handed to him? You know, if that's what he's thinking, then he's really, really crazy. Uh, I mean, South Korea is never going to fall willingly under North Korea's thumb. Uh, I mean, all the talk of reunification is based on the idea of a democracy, much as West Germany incorporated East Germany and reunited that country after the fall of the Soviet Union. So it's hard for me to think that that's what he wants. But again, he is so irrational. I mean, you know, it's easy to make fun of him as a kind of crazy, odd looking fat boy who inherited a country. But in fact, the brutality there is something so far off the charts. I mean, it's almost medieval in the way people are treated. I mean, generations are punished for a crime. I mean, three generations of a family could end up in a gulag. Uh, for something, for one person trying to escape the country. I mean, it's it's the most bizarre, repressive, uh, Stalinist uh, way of living that people starve and are sl- essentially slaves sent to other countries. I mean, there's nothing quite like it, certainly, uh, you know, in, in the modern world that we're aware of. And, and yet we tolerate it because of these weapons. And these weapons are extraordinarily dangerous. I mean, they are truly weapons of mass destruction, and he has them, and he seems determined to use them. 
Well, you're the first person to really say all this in the last day or two. I noticed uh, oh, yesterday all of the media attacking Donald Trump, picking apart every word, everything he did wrong, everything he said. They forgot to criticize Kim Jong-un at any point. Yeah, well, Trump is, uh, you know, it's another example, Mark, where the, the media uh, finds every possible reason to hate Donald Trump, even to where it, it ignores the provocations of a, of a madman. So Donald Trump is always the villain of the piece. Uh, but look, I, I think, w- w- you know, something has changed in North Korea. I mean, just as we were discussing, the, you know, his history of kind of warding off and playing these games because he essentially wants aid to continue his regime. I mean, he can't, he, you know, the climate and his, and his um, so- Soviet-style farming methods don't provide enough food even for people. So he's got to win all kinds of concessions from the world with his provocations. I mean, that's what he's been, that's what that family has been doing for for decades. But something has changed now. I mean, I think that what he's doing is raising the stakes so much uh, that it's impossible. I mean, Rex Tillerson has tried to basically say, we don't want regime change. We're willing to negotiate as long as you drop your missiles. But that doesn't seem to be his game at this point. Mm. Hey, uh, Michael Goodman, before we run out of time, let's switch to Mayor de Blasio. First of all, he denies napping, uh, said the Post made it up. Uh, and also, I know I was watching that Nicole Maliotakis yesterday. She went, did a publicity stunt holding up Red Bull cans, and she tried to hand him one. If she's going to try that kind of cheap publicity gimmick, she's going to get nowhere with that stuff. Look, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it, it, you know, something like that can be funny done once, but if it becomes a kind of MO of your campaign, uh, you, you're not going to, that's not a qualifying uh, uh, attribute that uh, voters are going to vote for, that you gave uh, the lazy mayor some Red Bull. I mean, it's funny. But you're not going to win on jokes. No, and it's, uh, I love Curtis, but it's like a Curtis Sliwa kind of campaign thing. Yes. Yes, that's what that that's who should have done it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been better suited. But look, Mark, I think beneath uh all these latest revelations of de Blasio with the napping and the emails and everything, um he's a really venal guy in so many ways. And uh it, it just boggles my mind that people think he's a good mayor. I mean, I don't I know it's most of the polls show the the city divided pretty much evenly for and against him but it just strikes me as this this farce that he goes around pretending to you know push for tax hikes all the time we need the money when he doesn't need the money it's it's really just a really just a thing to create class warfare and why anyone would think that's a good quality of leadership in this day and age when polarization and and divisions are something we all deplore. And so here's somebody who goes around trying to single out a class of people. He plays the race card at every opportunity. He's dishonest about what he's doing, about why he's doing things. And people think this is an acceptable style of leadership. I mean, I, this is the kind of thing that's inflammatory in this city. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why anyone would think New York is better off 
being divided and pitted against each other, that that is good for this city where we all live cheek to jowl, uh, riding the subways or or just neighborhoods, uh, wherever we are, that we should start picking and fighting with each other as though there isn't enough of that already. It, it, It boggles my mind that he, that this is his essential platform. Wow. Could you hear that? If Nicole could open her mouth and stuff like that would come out, she would be getting somewhere right now. That was brilliant. Well, that I mean, to me, that is the well, thank you. But that is that is the essence of the case against de Blasio. I mean, according, you know, in addition to the corruption, the laziness and all of that, (laughs) it is it is this this guy who just keeps looking to stoke the fires of resentment and grievance, one New Yorker against another. You know, Steve Forbes said the other day, I hope he's right. He said that stuff's not going to work anymore, that uh, tax the rich. And he said poor people know that's not helping them, uh, and they don't fall for that anymore. Who knows? Maybe he's right. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think it's marginal at best. I mean, again, the, 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 de Blasio has been doing this all along, and, and he's not a particularly popular mayor. But, you know, Mark, um, as you and I have discussed in this and in other cases, you go into a campaign – and it, when it comes down to two people, you know, it, it, you've got to have something. You've got to have an idea. You've got to have a certain charisma and an energy level on the campaign. And so I think there's, there are openings against de Blasio. There's an argument. There, there is, there is a, a clear opening uh, in terms of his performance. But somebody's got to be persuasive that he or she can can answer that call. Uh, so far, we don't have that one person who stands out as, a, as the alternative. No, and it's uh, getting close to the middle of August, so we got to hurry. But uh, yes. Michael Goodwin, we're out of time. But read his column. It's in today's New York Post. Michael Goodwin every Sunday and every Wednesday in the New York Post. And thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Mark. Thank you. Take care. Uh, oh, and everybody check out the webpage. There's some great stuff up there. Hey, we lost uh, Glenn Campbell yesterday. You know he was an incredible singer and he had all those hits. You want to see maybe the best performance of Wichita Lineman. This is quite a performance with a symphony orchestra playing that beautiful melody and uh, what a guitar solo in the middle. So we got that up on the webpage. And then, you know he was maybe the greatest guitarist ever in history. If you're not convinced, there's another video we have. Up. Watch him. It's just him on the guitar doing something pretty amazing. Watch this video. See if you don't think he's the greatest guitarist ever. And uh, there's one more video, and this is fascinating. This is Donald Trump, and he's a guest on Meet the Press more than 25 years ago. And Tim Russert is the host of the time, and he asks him about North Korea. Watch Trump 25 years ago talking about North Korea. And boy, did he call the whole thing. It's all up on the webpage. Go to 710WOR.com, then go over to the Mark Simone page. Or you can just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark. 710WOR.com slash Mark. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.